Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Amos Ben Michael. I want to share some thoughts on your weekly day of worship. Did you know that three world religions are identified as distinct by their weekly worship day? Shabbat, or Saturday, and that's Judaism, uh, which, which is worshiping the Israel, or worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's, it's the religion of Israel. And then you have Friday as a worship day, and that's unique to Islam. And of course, Islam is based on the worship of Allah, the moon god of Arab nations. And then Sunday, which is a post-apostolic Christianity uh, that basically is put into place by uh, the papacy of Rome. And so those are the three weekly worship days that are unique to these three world religions and actually makes them distinct. So the question, of course, is what day do you keep and observe and why? Are you being identified with Allah, the moon god of the Arab nations? Are you being identified as the traditions of men as reflected in the dogmas of the Roman papacy? Or are you identified with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his treasured people, Israel? In this podcast, we will explore how the Shabbat became the mark of God for the redeemed and remains so to this day. Before we get started, though, I'd like to welcome on the show today a special guest, Dr. Randy Craig. Thank you for joining us on the Amos Ben Michael Show today. How are you doing, and what do you think of this topic? I am. Thank you. I, I'm really glad to be here. The topic, I think, is a critical topic, and the way you've introduced it uh, puts a real interesting and important spin on this question. So I look forward to our dialogue today on this. Yes. Okay, so let's jump into some questions. Um, do, do people have the authority to change the Word of God? And I know that that's almost you know, a rhetorical question, but um, it, it is interesting that we have to wrestle with this idea. Do people have the authority to change the word of God. And why does all, uh, uh, or almost all of Christianity follow suit in regard to, um, changes made to the word of God, especially in relationship to worship days. And then the next question is, is if we can change Shabbat to Sunday, can we also change other commandments? For instance, could we change marriage from being one man and one woman to expand it to include a man with a man and a woman with a woman. Do we have the authority, uh, Dr. Craig, to change the word of God? Does God give us that authority? And if not, why? Well, it's interesting. Most people would uh, answer that no, even if they're doing this. Um, if you look uh, at the fall of Satan in Isaiah the problem was he wanted to be like God. It's not that he wanted to be above God. He just wanted to be like God. And then in the, uh, God, the narrative, in the creation narrative with Adam and Eve, the temptation with the knowledge of good and evil was wanting to be like God. So we have to recognize in our fallen nature the temptation to assume the same authority that God has, to be like him. 
And that's what happens uh, when the uh, the worship day is changed arbitrarily. It's uh, it's taking a quality with God, and it may not be so obvious as the question you pose, but it's in effect the same thing. Yeah, you know that's interesting. I did not even think along those uh, lines at all. We, you know, normally we discuss the shows before the show, uh, but you know this is interesting because you're right. It is not an issue of people trying to assert themselves as being greater than God or wanting to be greater than God. But I think it's our natural inclination to say, oh, you know what? I think I can improve on some of God's ways. I can be more compassionate. I can be more tolerant. I can be more liberal in terms of the culture I live in. And so in some ways, it really is just saying, hey, you know, um, what's wrong with, with uh, you know, I'm kind of made in his image. So doesn't that make me a peer or a colleague of God? And if so, then maybe I can yeah. expand some of these commandments. So, yeah, that's very, very interesting. All right, well, uh, let's jump into some passages. Uh, This is the Word of God. It's found in Exodus 31, verses 12 through 17. Um, It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, But as for you, speak to the children of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So the first thing, uh, uh, Randy, is, you know, God here is saying, I want those that I've redeemed to observe my Sabbaths. And this is going to be a sign between me and them. How does that come across to you? And and what is the significance of that? Well, it's obvious in this passage that uh, there was never an intent to have two separate redeemed groups. Uh, one redeemed group that kept one worship day and another that kept another. This, um, the command to observe his Sabbath was given to all of his redeemed people. Uh, and so we have to look at as the kingdom of God, there's only one king and there's only one set of kingdom rules. And this is one of those kingdom rules. It's the Shabbat or the Sabbath, and it applies to all of those in his kingdom. Yeah, it's interesting, the concept of oneness. And the theme of, of the idea that God is one, uh, one God, one people, one nation, one law, one spirit, it's, it's all about this unity. And we know that uh, a mixed multitude came out with the sons of Jacob and were redeemed out of Egypt. They stood on the other side of the shores as the waters closed. And there were Gentiles there, too, that came out with the sons of Jacob. And we know that. A significant number of those Gentiles also journeyed on with Israel to Sinai, and even in the second generation that went into the Promised Land, those sojourners, those Gentiles, were standing there with the second generation, entering into covenant with the same God under the same covenant to go into the Promised Land with the children of Israel. And so, uh, as a secondary point, uh, you know that you've already alluded to is is um, one God, one King, one people. Those Gentiles who identified with Israel embraced the covenant with Israel, and they walked in that same lifestyle, that same covenant. Um, and that was the heart of God. That was the heart of God. Um, and, and, and that's you know powerfully stated. And so we, we, we say to Gentiles all the time, and to Christians specifically, you're grafted into Israel. You're part of the commonwealth of Israel. You, you are part of this olive tree of Israel. The Torah is written on your hearts, too. And so this issue of the weekly worship day becomes important even to the Gentiles. Absolutely. And uh, you point out an important point here, and that is this, 
that the ways of God and how we lived out these ways was always meant not just for Israel, but it was meant for the nations. Uh, and um, so that the Sabbath and the other commands of God, uh, granted, they were entrusted to Israel, but they were meant for uh, the nations. And this idea that you share about grafting in, in different words, has been evident throughout the scriptures. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's run with that. Let's let's look at this and say, you know what? When it's when it, you know, when we have a command that says, you know, tell the children of Israel, you know, and then and then we have these instructions. Um, if we were to understand ourselves as being part of the children of Israel, adopted in the beloved, grafted into the olive tree of Israel, made part of the commonwealth of of, of Israel, the covenants of promise, we're joint heirs now, participants with them through this grace that has come through the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua the Messiah, then this is like, this is exciting. This is an exciting connection with uh, the people of God, uh, going all the way back even to Abraham. So it's, it's, it's very exciting. So he goes on to say, this is a sign between me and you. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, the ramifications are, are staggering. If I was to embrace the Shabbat, and begin to observe the Shabbat as I worship the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, people would automatically assume I'm Jewish. Is that is that a, a fair uh, guess? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, people understand that this worship day is somehow tied into the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They understand that. They'd never look at Sunday and say, oh, yeah. That's tied into the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They would never say, oh, Friday observance. Yeah, that's tied into the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, they wouldn't. They understand that Friday is the weekly worship day for Islam. Sunday is the weekly day for Christians. And Shabbat, or, 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 or the Sabbath, is the weekly worship day for those who believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, so it is a mark. It is a mark. God says, this is going to be a sign between me and you, a mark of identification, that you are my treasured people. And I am your God. And I like that. Now, I know it's confusing because uh, keeping the Shabbat doesn't make you Jewish. It's not intended to make you Jewish. It is intended, though, to identify you as one who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that you view him not only as the creator, but as the Savior, Redeemer, and the one that sanctifies you. And so going on to the next part of our verse here, it says, Therefore you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. So, Midrash with me on it. What, 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 does, what does that mean? It, it is holy to you. Uh, this, this is something that uh, you are to observe because it's holy to you. Well, maybe a part of this is uh, just the realization that in... Um Yeshua uh, hinted at this when he said, well, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift to us, a day that's set apart uh, as a gift to us uh, in our identity with him. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. You know, the more that we get down the um, down the, the corridor of history, theologically, uh, this becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. 
And it is a powerful statement that Jesus made when he said the Sabbath was made for a man. He didn't say the Sabbath was made for Israel. He did not say the Sabbath is made for the Jewish uh, person. He said the Sabbath was made for man, mankind. Uh, we find that in Genesis, all the way back in Genesis. Uh, the Gentiles need rest as well. Uh, God is not redeeming just Jewish people. He's redeeming Gentiles as well, as was promised to Abraham. So all of this starts to come into focus, and it gets really, really exciting because as a believer, if I was to begin to walk in the ways of God, especially in relationship to the weekly worship day, it changes everything for me and uh, helps me connect with the Jewish people and with Israel, God's holy nation, and with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is the true and living God. I'm excited about that. I think that's that's a... A cool thing, and I don't have to convert to do this, uh, which is really important. I think people need to feel comfortable in their own skins, be they Jewish or Gentile. So, uh, but the, you know, getting down to this, he says, should be holy to you. In, in other words, I have to do something. I I have to participate in this. It's up to me to actually begin to observe it. I can't be passive. I'm called to be active. I need to observe it. And the observation, of course, would start on Friday at sunset to Saturday on sunset. That's how you observe uh, the, the holy days. And so I have to actually begin to rearrange my schedule, set things aside, make this a delight to the Lord. It's holy. It's separate. It's different. And to make that day a 24-hour period of rest and eating and drinking and studying the Torah and gathering to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and, and to exalt his son as the Savior of not only Israel, but the whole world. That is, like, really exciting. And I know, uh, 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 Randy, how long have you been uh, keeping Shabbat? Uh, we began to uh, keep Shabbat back in the mid-1990s. And our experience uh, is very much just like you're describing. It was truly a gift. Typically, when you have um, a family, we had five kids. And so as the children grew uh, older, we became aware of, the, of the, the temptation for the family to be pulled apart, pulled in different directions, connected to the com complexity of our culture. Yeah. But the Shabbat, as we began to observe the Shabbat, it gave us an anchor uh, to resist this temptation, a 24-hour period where we not only uh, congregated uh, with other believers, but where as a family, we as a family spent time together. We had uh, possibly people in the home, but we resisted that temptation on that day at least, at a minimum, to have our family pulled apart. It was truly a gift to us. Yeah, same with us too. It was a unifying blessing for my family. We are so blessed in so many ways. There's, there's intrinsic blessing in this day, in this observance, that we can't even quantify or qualify. But you look at your life over a period of time after you begin to observe it, and it's just like it is blessed in so many different ways. And so, yeah, our experience has been been much the same as yours. So anyway, hey, we're, we are out of time, and, and that concludes our program for this week. And just a special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah. Uh, to our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. And to our guest today on the show, Dr. Randy Craig, thank you for being on the show. It was a blessing. Blessing to me, too. Thank you. I'm your host, Amos Ben-Michael. And until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. 
Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Pose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.